Hello, welcome back to Liberation Experience. This is your host, Conscious Cliff. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome back. And this is the final episode of the year. Obviously, uh, New Year's is just a day away. And um, can't wait to see what happens in 2023. Although they do say, be careful what you wish for, because you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> and as if 2022 hasn't been a, a hell of a roller coaster, as is, um, there's no telling what will happen in 2023. But I hope for the best. Expect the worst, hope for the best, as they say. Um, we'll talk about a few things today. And before we begin, if you have not gone and looked at the book, purchase your copy. I will most certainly like to encourage you to do so on lulu.com. That is lulu, L-U-L-U.com. You can go in there and search uh, by the book title, Black Thoughts and Liberation. Uh, book I wrote most of last year. Finally got it put out earlier this month. And it has uh, been available for sale for a couple weeks now. And so um, if you have not had a chance to go, at least um, go read the description and see what it's about. Take a glance at it. Uh, the price point is not very high. And um, there is also a digital copy if you are not a uh, physical book type of person. If you prefer the digital copy, uh, e-readers, etc., there is a version out there for you. Uh, and don't forget the Liberation Experience uh, merchandise on teespring.com. You go in there and search by Liberation Experience. It'll pop up. Uh, we've got t-shirts, we've got mugs, sweaters, hoodies, joggers, uh, stickers, pillows, face coverings, uh, just a little bit of everything on there. Uh, some are just simple, clean designs with just a logo. Some have the full banner on it. They have the name of the podcast. Um, other things have on there different catchy phrases. So it just depends what you're looking for. Try to have a little bit of everything on there for you. I myself got a mug. Um, and some t-shirts uh, for myself to help kind of spread the word about the podcast. Uh, everything in there is uh, two size. So if you wear an extra large, I would recommend you getting an extra large. Um, unless you are ordering uh, one of the uh, slim fit shirts or something of that nature. Then you might want to um, consider that when you're looking for the right size. Alright, for today, there's so much to talk about, there's so much going on, there are so many tragedies and catastrophes, there's a lot of great things going on as well, positive things, um, but you know, our show mainly focuses on the issues that impact black communities. Good or bad, we try to talk about it, we try to figure it out, and usually try to offer resolutions. Now, I'm not an expert in most uh, things in the world, but I try to give my two cents, and uh, sometimes I happen to be pretty good at it. So what I would like to offer today is continuing the idea of black consciousness, which is an extension of Pan-Africanism. And if you're not familiar with those two terms or ideas, I would like to really, really encourage you to go and research them, 
find out what they are, and really dig into it and kind of grasp it, embrace it for the next year. Because we seem to be one of the groups of all the minorities, the racial minorities in America, that have the least bit of solidarity and care for each other and support for each other and love for each other and sometimes self-love. And I won't say that it's all necessarily our fault, but we do have the option to make that change. As Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in the world. And I know Gandhi wasn't the greatest role models when it comes to blackness, but it is a, a saying that is still holds meaning, can be, can be useful. Sometimes problems that you see around you, you have to take them on yourself and then eventually someone else will come along and join you. And if you're fortunate enough, enough people will join in that you can actually turn that into a positive and accomplish the goal that was there. To, to fix whatever it was, and in doing so, you often find that you're not alone in seeing things a certain way, realizing certain things are an issue, and then also having that desire to want to make things better. Um, and as humans, we should all be programmed to want the world to be a good place to live in for everybody not just by skin type or background or nationality or religion or whatever. Um, we should want that for everybody. That should be the, the default setting, if you will. We should all want world peace. We should all want, you know, um, equality and justice and equity and, or at least uh, a lack of a need thereof, right? Ideally, in a perfect world, everyone would have the same access to everything. Everyone would be getting paid proportionally the same. Everyone would be having a high quality of life, meaning that you have all of your bare necessities taken care of. Employers pay you a livable wage, right? You're not having to depend on the government. You're able to, to go to work, get a check, and then use that check to, to take care to everything you need. Food, housing, utilities, right? Um, transportation. That should be the default setting for humanity. We should all want the best for each other. Now, however, the reality is that's not where we're at. Unfortunately, it's a very unfortunate situation. And I think most of us were aware of that. The world is not the same for everybody, which is one of the reasons why this podcast exists. As I began to take my courses in sociology, I began to see a lot of things and learn a lot of things that really just sometimes made me mad, sometimes surprised me, um, and sometimes... I sat back and thought, 
man, if more people knew about this, they would not put up with what is going on in the world. They just wouldn't put up with it. This is absolutely ridiculous that people get away with this or that people have done this or are still doing it. And, you know, more or less, it's evil. It's bad. It's negative. Shouldn't be allowed to happen, but it is because of a gray area within either the government or the laws or whatever. And so, because of because of the reality of, of the world that we live in, a lot of people find themselves in situations facing punishment, dealing with traumatic experiences, um, fights and arguments, loss of jobs, loss of employment, dealing with a certain kind of sickness that may or may not be terminal um and it's not necessarily fair right happens all the time no matter what country you're in no matter what religion you believe in no matter what your you know no matter what class you 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 think you belong in no matter you know who you're married to or or uh, what your skin color is we we all go through things in life that are not fair that shouldn't happen. Um, disappointments. Sometimes it's intentional. Sometimes it's not intentional. Right? It's just the way of the world. Life is not fair. But you also have people who go out of their way to make things unfair for other people. Because they think that the opportunities and resources and other material aspects of the world are set up like a pizza. As I heard someone rephrase it. Uh, so it's kind of like. Rich people think of money as pizza. Now there's only so much money in the world. There's only so much money in each country. And obviously each country's currency is. Worth a different amount. But here in America. You know. A dollar. Doesn't mean as much as it used to. Um, but some people think that if we make livable wages available to everyone, that the system is unfair because they want to maintain a certain amount of money coming in that they're used to, regardless of how many more people are set in poverty. No matter if it will change poverty for the greater good. It's all about them. Them, 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 them. How much money can they hoard, right? At this point in America, capitalism has become so rampant and out of control that we have billionaires. And we have had billionaires for a, a while now. It's, they are not, nothing new. Um, billionaires, in the words of Bernie Sanders, should not exist. When you really break it down, now, you need money to pay bills, live, survive, functions, eat, watch a movie, go to a restaurant, buy a new pair of shoes, whether you need them or not, uh, have a home, put gas in the car, buy music, uh, 
buy a new coat or a jacket or a hat, scarf, get your nails done, whatever. You gotta have money to do all that. That's how the world is. It's one of the things that you can't change. Or at least, <laughs> not in a lifetime. Right? In, in the beginning, it was bartering. One man would trade a, an apple for something else. And a man would trade a horse for some other type of cattle. And now we have coins and bills that we trade out with a representative of, of financial uh, income. So, we have these people who accumulate so much money that they are not capable of spending that within multiple generations. It just sits. And the problem is Millionaires, I suppose, are not ideal. But billionaires are a huge problem. When you have people who can buy entire countries, <laughs> whole nations, whole sets of islands, all right? People who can buy off an entire government, whether you are literally buying the country, as in it belongs to you on paper, or you have enough money to influence all of the legislators, all of the politicians. That is too much money. No man should be above the law. No matter who you are, if you commit a crime, you should be prosecuted or at least tried for that crime. Right? That's what regular working class people will deal with. If we commit a crime, we have to go to court then and be determined if we are guilty or not. It should not change based on how much money you have, how much wealth you have, how many assets you have acquired. That should have nothing to do with whether you are guilty or innocent of a crime. And yet, in America, it is. And so we have, at this point, multiple billionaires, all who are mostly white, mostly male. And the few black billionaires that we have, and I mean the very few, are not the type that come and help <laughs> their own people, if you know what I mean. Right? When was the last time you saw Oprah go into any black community in America and help improve the public schools, the water? She could very easily, on her very own, fix the water in Flint on her own. I imagine a handful of millionaires could probably do it just as just as well as you know, but. She has the ability to do it on her own, by herself. All she needs is someone to persuade her to do it. She can make it happen. Or better yet, there's a man who has, a black man by the way, who has invented a machine that sucks up the humidity out of the air 
and produces water. Drinkable water. Clean and sanitary. Pulls out of the atmosphere, filters it, sterilizes it, makes it available. Big machine, produces lots of water. I don't remember how many gallons or how many tons, but it's a lot of water. She could very easily invest in that, make that more available, and even put that in Flint, Michigan. Put that in Detroit. Put that in Mississippi, Alabama, uh, Chicago. All these places that are having problems with water and finding out that their pipes are, their pipes and water systems are contaminated. She could fix that by herself, right? Elon Musk, not a black guy, could fix it by himself. Very easily. And for the most part, probably wouldn't even feel, wouldn't even feel the pinch. Even if it cost him 80 mil, 100 mil, 200 mil. He would make that back so fast that it would not even, you know what I mean? So, like I said in the beginning, we've got to learn to come together more, be there, to, be there for each other more in 2023. What we have seen in 2022, 2020, 2021, 2019, 2018, 2016, all the way back through 2012 is that law enforcement is still killing us. They have not stopped. They are killing women. They are killing children. They are killing teenagers. And they are killing men. Think about that. With everything that has been going on, police are still taking time to murder black men, black women, black children. Without cause, without any threat being um, a, a factor for them, directly or indirectly, they are still murdering us. And sometimes we are still allowing it to happen. And I dare wonder. What will it take for more of our own people to either record what's going on, whether it's a police, whether it's a, police, whether it's a traffic stop, or someone being arrested for an alleged crime, or um, some sort of uh, welfare check? Where are the phones and the cameras? Everybody's got one. Everybody uses one. Why are we not filming more? Why is it that we are still also seeing people filming, watching the abuse and the murder and the assault and the belligerent violence to where this has happened and officers are walking away without a scratch on them? Let that happen in any white neighborhood in the world. Let a cop beat, shoot, stab, punch any 12, 14, 8-year-old girl in front of their family. <laughs> Do you really think that they are going to leave without a scratch? 
what we know in America is that white people were prone to violence. And that's not to say that all, all white people are, are bad or evil or violent or inherently criminal. It's not what saying. But what we are seeing, what we have seen, what history has shown us, every war that we've had in modern century, Europeans, white folks, And as of right now, they still outnumber people in America as a demographic. So therefore, they have the highest amount of people committing crimes, right? I don't think that takes research. But you can look into it if you want to. White on white crime exists just like black on black crime. It's less than 10 percentage points in difference. And yet, it is black people who are deemed as a troubled minority group because of our intraracial crime. And yes, it is an issue that needs to be dealt with. But what is when we look at the source of that problem, what we often find is an issue created by mainstream America, a.k.a. white folks, who have taken away funding from those schools in that area by either moving away or withdrawing their businesses or employment opportunities from that area. And when you do that, it makes it hard for folks to buy homes, have homes, acquire wealth. And with homes often come generational wealth. So you have kind of like a three, four-fold situation here that's all negative. And as we've talked about on the show so much, homeownership is very important. It's very important. And if you don't have a home, it doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you anything bad in particular. It just means... That if you do have one, you're doing a little bit better. There's no need to be mad or jealous or upset. Not everybody has one. Not everybody will have one. But for those who are able to come in a situation where they can buy a home, I highly encourage you to do so. It is worth it. There's a lot of benefits to it. And so... In 2023, I hope to see more solidarity for people. I hope I hope to see more of our people being registered to vote. I hope to see more of our people attending the meetings for city council school boards, find out what is being taught, find out what's going on for certain situations, protocols, policies. Is your school being discriminatory towards your children? Because you know schools function off of taxpayer money. So are you paying for your own child to be violated at school? Are you paying your city 
to violate yourself through the law enforcement department? Or, better yet, are you paying someone to be racist to you that sits on the city council, that is a mayor, that is a police chief, that is a sheriff? Where are your taxes going to? Who is receiving your money, your hard-earned money? Whether you are rich or poor, whether you are working, whether you are homeless, doesn't really matter. Everybody should be aware of what's going on in the world around them. And if you're working, you should know where your money is going. And if you do not care, you are essentially complicit to the actions and all the repercussions of where that money is attached to. What I mean is guilty by association. If you know your money is going to something bad or to someone who doesn't care for other people who look just like you, you're just as guilty as they are for the things they do. The things that they say to the public. The press conferences. The policies they make. If it's school, we need to be knowing what policies they have about natural hairstyles. About the way that they are being interacted with by faculty and teachers. How are they being addressed? Are they learning? What are they learning? Hmm? Are they learning material that is appropriate? Is the course curriculum that they are there to learn being taught the right way? Are they learning that slaves were slaves or that slaves were immigrants? City Council. <clears throat> if you don't even know what day City Council meetings happen, that is a great starting point. Go to a few a year. At least. At least go to a few out of the year. Find out what's going on in your city. Where is the money being spent? If they have the opportunity to develop something within your neighborhood that will make it better. That will bring jobs. That will make it safer. Why or why not is it happening? Who is involved? What ward are you in? Who are the councilmen over the ward that you live in? What do they stand for? What do they want? What is their history? How have they voted on certain things that pertain to you and your family? Have they said or done anything that was not great? Racist even? How do they feel about law enforcement? Police brutality? <clears throat> how are they about fixing the roads in your neighborhood how are they about addressing crime in your neighborhood a lot of simple things a lot of simple things and a lot of people work and they work hard they work long hours they have families the kids are in sports or in social clubs they got this they got that but at some point, you have to think for yourself, what is more important? Is it more, is it more important to have fun and, and, and do these things? And, and yes, 
You have to give your kids something to do, right? But if you can't take the time out every once in a while to at least find out what's going on at your city council's meetings, there's something wrong. Your priorities are not right. Maybe not even have to go to person. If it's live streamed, maybe you can watch it the next day, the next week. But at least know what's going on with your money. I mean, it's your money. You wouldn't just take a percentage of your check and throw it out the window when you drive on your way home, would you? So why would you throw it away to the government, your city government, and not care what happens to it? have a say in how your money is used by the government. It's called voting. It's called voicing your opinion at those city council meetings, at the school board meetings. Right? And then finally, we have the issue that I just saw that the Southern Poverty uh, Law Center uh, put out a post about the danger of white Christian nationalism. I've been saying that for a long time. You know, um, white supremacists are not um, are not those who are without um, the belief in Christianity, right? I have yet to see uh, one of these fellows say that they don't believe in, in Jesus, or that they don't go to church, or they're not, or not claiming Christianity as their religious choice. These people are being bred in churches. Trailer parks at you know little rallies online by conservatives who had these amazing talking points about keeping the families together and whole and the way God intended and all these things and it sounds it sounds good it sounds right you know who wouldn't want a whole family to be together. Who wouldn't want, um, for those of you who are Christian, who wouldn't want Christian values to be a priority, right? Who wouldn't want that if that's what you believe in? The problem is, the problem is this. It sounds good But we know that's not where it ends. It sounds good coming out of their mouth. Christian values. Because the perception is if you don't have Christian values, you don't have any values at all, apparently. <laughs> Funny how that works. They go from 0 to 100. There's no in between. There's no 50. There's no 40. There's no 70. It's either 0 or 100% on values. And they say, 
if you're a God-fearing Christian, you're supposed to be a Republican by nature. But how is that so when Martin Luther King was a was was an activist, he was a preacher, he was a pastor, right? I mean, he is one of the premier people when you think of the civil rights movement. He is one of the head people. You learn about him every year. They drill it into your head. Might not be the right version, but they give it to you. And he supported the Democratic Party. Raphael Warnett from Wendigo More Modern. Pastor, preacher in Georgia. Democratic politician. Jesse Jackson, Democrat. Now, what they're also not telling you, or what many of us are forgetting, is that the original Democrats were the ones who were racist. Were the ones who didn't want the right things to happen. Were the ones who hated Martin Luther King, hated Malcolm X, hated Black Panther Party, hated Angela Davis, hated Lincoln Hughes, hated hated all the black leaders of the 40s, the 50s, and the 60s, and the abolition movement, and the civil rights movement, hated them, despised them, would kill them if they knew they could get away with it, and a lot of them did. Medgar Evers, Emmett Till, think about this. Think about the kinds of people who murdered the ancestors. When you think about the imagery of them yelling and screaming in the pictures at people who are trying to go to school, Little Rock, those are your guys who are Christians. The ones who were smiling while sitting next to a body hanging from a tree. Those are your God-fearing Christians. The same ones who had slaves were God-fearing Christians. So, is it a far stretch to say that Christianity breeds white supremacists? No, of course not. History will show you that. Does it mean that everyone who's a Christian is racist? No, but it is a problem. If they feel safe enough to hide within that group every day, every Sunday, every week, every month, every year, every decade, every century, then there's a problem. White churches are not addressing it because they don't feel a need to. Why? Why do you think that is? It's white privilege, is what it is, for starters, right? White people can choose when and where, if or if not, to deal with people who are racist, regardless of what skin color they are, regardless of where they come from, regardless of what the religion, or where they live, or how much money they make. White people can, can, can choose 
whether or not to deal with people that are racist or situations that are deemed racist, right? Traumatic experiences and so forth. And for them to confront other white people is almost an attack on whiteness itself because whiteness was only created as an oppository force to blackness to maintain social, political, and economic control. So if you go against yourself, as people say the Bible says, a house divided cannot stand. A house divided against itself cannot stand. Think about that. Their own words. Those are their own words. It's the very reason why the Ku Klux Klan can march down the street with a police escort in the name of free speech. You can't fight yourself on something and continue to beat yourself. You just can't. You want an example? <laughs> Let's look at the Bible. They went out of their way to do everything possible to protect their own people. Yet, a lot of their own people did not reciprocate that. Therefore, they are no longer in existence and in power as they were before they were shut down by the government. Which then circles back to my original goal for next year. If we can come together, and this doesn't mean we have to do anything violent or extreme or radical or anything like that, even though there's nothing wrong with some of those, it's okay to be radical. It's okay to be revolutionary. It's okay to have grand ideas about what can be or what could be. To have the desire to fix things that are wrong, that are bad, that are negative. But, we won't get anywhere if we don't support each other, if we don't love each other. If you can't spend money down the black business down the street, then what good is to show up to protest? We've got to do better in 2020. I think some progress was definitely made in 2022, but we there's still room for improvement. And I say that because we have, we still have people like Kanye West, we still have people like Candace Owens, we still have people like the ones you see on Fox News and other conservative networks pushing out blatant, bold-faced lies about black culture, right? their narrative about black culture, their narrative about black music their narrative about black people who don't, who are not, who may not identify as Christian, their narrative about the behavior of black people who are reacting to the traumatic experience of police brutality, or even the Karens of the world, or even some of the other issues that are, are arising, right? 
as much as they feel comfortable walking around society, we have to fight against that. Until black quote-unquote conservatives stop supporting white supremacist narratives, behavior, comments, etc. Until they stop feeling safe doing those things publicly, we cannot rest. The goal is not to necessarily harm them. It is to make them realize that they are on the wrong side of things. They are on the wrong side of history. They are wrong in general. Anytime you support white supremacy, you are automatically in the wrong. And as I have been warning people for several years about Kanye West, we have now seen him go full nutshell crazy into praising Hitler, right? Defending Hitler. Just like Candace Owens. You cannot defend the man who would have murdered black people as he attempted the Jews. Hitler did not like black people. He did not love black people. He had no positive feelings about black people in any way. Not on any, not even on Sunday. Okay? No mercy would have been shown to us had he won World War II. We would have been in those internment camps right along with the Jews. And he probably would have started rounding up some Mexicans as well. Right? If you were not the full Aryan image that he had in his mind, you were, buddy, you were in those internment camps right along with him. Injustice anywhere is a threat to. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. That's what Martin Luther King said. So. These people, these, these black people who have decided to side with white people who fully who have fully embraced white supremacy, whether it means violence towards us, whether it means discrimination towards us, whether it means overt or covert racism towards us, they have to go. They have to be shown that their way of thinking, their behavior, their comments, their speech is unacceptable. They have to be shown that they are not welcome to the barbecue. Right? Somebody's got to sit down with them and talk to them. Look, man, you're on the, right, you're on the wrong side of this. got to get together. You're not welcome around here. Right? Give them a few chances. After that, they're gone. It's not a hard concept. They are more faithful and loyal to the people who hate their own people than I don't think I really need to say the rest of that. And I think in terms of the future and preventing these types of people coming from our own, we have to do better about educating our own children, nieces, nephews. Right. What were slaves? Who were slaves? Where did they come from? Why did they become slaves? How were slaves treated? When did it begin? When did it end? What was life before 
slavery, right? Because black history does not start with slavery. That is just merely a phase of it. What were the tribes and villages and kingdoms like before slavery? What contributions did black people make after slavery? What are all of our great accomplishments? Inventions, art, music, poetry, literature, science. Man, there's so much. There's so much. And at a time when we have people, we can go and find things. And knowing where to go to get reliable information, credible information, you know, we'll just repeat the first thing you find. You gotta make sure it's accurate. You gotta make sure it's trustworthy. Start from there. Right? We have to embrace the idea of being black, love being black, and then extend that to our brothers and sisters. And if we're gonna fight for any cause, we have to be more dedicated to those that impact black black lives than any other life. So if we're going to go 85, 95% for LGBTQ or single moms or some feminist movement, we got to go at least 100% for black, for black issues every time. We are so ready to jump on everybody else's train but our own. We have to do better. We have to be better. And it starts with ourselves. Myself included. Right? Being black is a privilege. I mean, when you really look at all that we have come through, millions of people have tried to hold us down for hundreds of years, and we are still thriving. We are still doing more than they ever thought that we could do. And we are only getting better. Think about that. For the far first few hundred years, three, four hundred years, in this country, on this land, we were held back, literally, in chains. And buddy, as soon as we got out, we have, at times, exceeded those same white folks that held us down. Especially when you look at Black Wall Street. Think about what them folks had to go through to set themselves up to be like that. They were not afraid to be pro-black. They were not embarrassed. They also didn't have a choice a lot of times, right? And now that we have the choice to, to, to buy from black or buy from everybody else, we're so quick to go to everybody else. And as we've said on this podcast many, many times, if you buy from your own community, that money stays in your community, which improves everything. Education, employment, crime goes down, drugs go down, gangs go down, violence goes down, guns disappear. There's no legitimate reason not to support black businesses. Especially when they are in within black communities that are black owned. 
Just because they have a black cashier at the counter doesn't mean they're black owned. But at the same time, if they're refusing to hire black people or if they're refusing to promote black people to positions of authority or leadership, then that's definitely not one that you want to support to begin with. And so I'm going to leave with this. If you are listening to this podcast and you have enjoyed it, just know that next season we're going to be going back to kind of how we started out with more specific research and whatnot. Uh, it has been voiced to me that they want to go back to that. And um, that's what we're going to do. So these talks have been great. And I'm thankful for every one of you that listen, that take time out. Um, but you know, I want to make your time worthwhile when you listen to the show. And so that's what I'm new. When the improvements are announced, I think I'm over, look at it, see what I can do. And it's one small adjustment. It's not that big of a deal. Um, and I'm willing to do it. You know, got to put in the work, make it worth your time. And I appreciate everybody listening to the show. Again, um, 2023, love more, support more, embrace more. All for the blackness. Okay. Everybody be safe. Have a great New Year's. And uh, we'll see you on the other side of this New Year's, right? Let's go 2023.